Dylan Cease and the White Sox beat up on the Twins in the series finale. Let's break it down on today's Locked On Twins postcast. You are Locked On Twins postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. And welcome to another edition of our Locked On Twins postcast. Today is Sunday, July 17th. I'm the host of Locked On Twins, Nash Walker. Here with writer and reporter at Access Twins, Brandon Warren. So many fun props for the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game at betonline.net. They're your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. As I said, so many fun lines, odds, props, futures for Major League Baseball, not only this week, but for the rest of the year. But online is where the game starts. Brandon, man, that was tough. Twins outscored 32-10 to 10 this weekend. They lose three out of four to the White Sox. Um, we'll take a look at the standings to start. The Twins are now two games up on Cleveland going into the break and three games up on Chicago. But it doesn't feel like they're in first place, at least to me. And what you're going to have to do at this point is enjoy your break. Hopefully you can't hear my dog barking out front. Um, you're going to have to just go in there and enjoy the break and just realize that what's done is done. What has happened has happened. And the rest of the season, the Twins have to be two games better than Cleveland and three games better than the White Sox. And how do you do that? And the way to do that is going to be to address this pitching staff, the starting rotation, the bullpen, and all of that. So it's it's going to be put up or shut up time sooner rather than later. I'm not sure that teams are trading guys anytime soon, but I'm sure there's going to be discussions over the all-star break, both in person, over the phone, emails, texts, you name it. And the twins need to start figuring out what reliever or two they're going to grab. And at least one starter, because this is, this is a team in first place. This is a team that I believe in and they can be solid, but, the way things are going right now, there have been way too many games like this one today where it gives enough fans pause that they can actually do something in September and into October. So the first half is concluded, and let's take a look at the second half for the Twins. They have eight games until that trade deadline, Brandon, which is pretty wild. They go to Detroit right out of the break on Saturday for two, then they're at Milwaukee for two, at the Padres for three, and then one against the Tigers, and that will be the deadline in the middle of that Tigers series at Target Field. Dick and uh, Perk were talking about it, 20 home games in August, and this is the time of year we start to look at schedules, and then the Twins will have the Jays for four after that Tigers series. It's interesting because the Guardians are at the White Sox for four, at the Red Sox for four, at the Rays for three, and then a series later after the D-backs, they have the Astros at home for four. So Guardians, it's tough coming out of the break. Yeah, Guardians have the gauntlet coming out of the break, and we've seen the Twins, to some extent, kind of already go through that, went through the Dodgers early in the season, Yankees and all that, and came out, I mean, to this point, modestly in good shape, but at the same time, they're going to have to take care of business against the White Sox and Guardians, which, in my estimation, to this point, they have not done. Now, coming into this series, you could make the case that they had against Chicago, and then this series turned that on its side. Right now, the Twins have been relying on other teams to keep these two teams at bay, but they're not doing it themselves. I don't believe you can do that over the course of a season and beat out these two teams. So it's going to take not only beating up on Detroit, who's just not in a good place, 
But again, taking on Chicago and Cleveland head on. And right now it does not feel like that's what they've been doing. And I, I suppose they're not going to play again until after the deadline. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how these teams look different once the uh, final bell sounds on August 2nd. White Sox out of the break. Guardians for four. So that's a big four-game series. That'll start mm-hmm. uh, Friday. So that, that's going to start on Friday. Guardians, White Sox in Chicago. Then the White Sox are at Coors against the Rockies. They have the A's and Royals for six and at the Rangers for four. This is something we've discussed before. The White Sox schedule in the second half. They haven't played the A's yet. They have a ton of games against the Royals and Tigers. They haven't played the Rockies yet. So it's pretty light for the Sox in the second half, and that's why it was so important for the Twins to try to, as you said, take care of business here. Well, in a team that you are three games up on, you think about it as they need to be that many games better than you over a stretch. So while it seems like in a short term, you win three, they lose three, and it's tied, if you take the long-term approach, if you take the long look at it, like if the Twins were to go six and two in their first eight, it's it's not possible for a team to catch you. For you to go five and three, they have to go undefeated for them to catch you. So again, it's just going to come down to taking care of the business that's in front of you. And as hard as it is in today's day and age, not watching the scoreboards, not watching all that stuff outside of just getting information because they can't get inside their own heads. They, they need to just hit the reset button. Fortunately, they have an extra day for their all-star break to get things kind of ironed out. I wonder if Joe Smith will still be with the team. I wonder if Miguel Sano will be with the team. There's a lot of questions to answer in this next week without the benefit of any actual games being played. Unreal to me. They'll play those two, and then they'll have an off day again on Monday. So it goes Saturday, Sunday, off day, Monday, and then two more against Milwaukee, Tuesday, Wednesday, another other off day on Thursday. It's pretty wild. Um, I'll be in San Diego for the Padres here, so I'm excited for that. Chris Archer today returns, Brandon. Pretty solid in his return. I mean, Dylan Cease has been unbelievable this year. That's a tough task in that pitching matchup. Yeah, I mean, I went back and looked at the box score, and I was like, I guess the Twins only had one hit today, and that's that's kind of the Dylan Cease experience. He's been phenomenal. I know a lot of people are hot about him not being in the All-Star game, and deservedly so, but it's uh, they just didn't do enough today, the Twins offensively. Again, it was the... Will they show up? Won't they show up? Will they score 10? Will they give up 10? Will they give up score zero, give up zero? It's just not a consistent effort often enough for maybe some casual fans to feel like they have staying power. And I'm here to tell you, I understand and I get it. And I'm not going to tell people they shouldn't feel that way. Well, I think, you know, before the season, at least my goal as well, like for the twins, I would say it would be successful as if they're in a position at the trade deadline to buy. And they're in a position that if they make the right moves at the deadline, they can make the playoffs, they can win the division, but it's just so hard to be sitting here. They're up two games on Cleveland. They're up three games on the white Sox, and to feel good. But if, again, we've done this so many times, Brandon, if you showed us before the season on opening day, that this is where they would be after one half of baseball, I think we would have taken that for sure. And there's, very possible ways of making even just modest improvements where you clean up the the middle of this bullpen, whether it's trading for David Robertson, Michael Givens, just two Cubs references off the top of my head. But those kinds of guys, you know, you're always looking out there for like a Darren O'Day or someone who's been there before, has pitched some big innings in the past, maybe not terribly expensive because they're on a one-year deal, they're playing on a lousy team, or maybe they haven't quite had as good a season as you could hope. But those flyers alone should give you a chance to improve the bullpen, which should also improve with the return to Kenta Maeda. Should also return as guys shuffle down if Josh Winder 
ends up starting again in the rotation. You kick somebody out, they go to the bullpen or Winder just himself going to the bullpen. There's going to be a lot of moving pieces here. They're going to still have to sort out a lot of this in the next two weeks before the deadline. But again, if they add or, or if they don't add and they have to add, there's people have to hold, uh, hold their feet to the candle if they don't. Brandon, knowing what we know now about the Guardians, the White Sox, and the Twins, the Twins are 50 and 44, meaning they have 68 games left in the season after the break. How many games do you think it's going to take to win the Central? Probably 87, 88, probably, I would say. I haven't really looked at what probabilities are outside of. I know I saw, I think Buster only tweeted the Fangraphs ones, and the Twins had the highest percentage to win the division. And then actually the White Sox were, were second in Cleveland. I think a big part of it is Cleveland's tough schedule as you kind of laid out, but I think the twins are like 51.7 or something like that. So if they can go out and go, that's 37 and 31. Yeah, that's, that's doable. You know how many games that is over 500? Six. You know how many games they've been over 500 (laughs) to this point in the season? Six. And you know what? Do it again. It's worth mentioning with this new division structure as well. There's no game 163. So, If you if they're six and four against the White Sox right now, they're five and six against Cleveland, but that's an extra game if you can just win those head to heads and those that's why those are so important. Before we go, Brandon, I want to get your thoughts. Uh Ryan Jeffers is down for six to eight weeks now with a, a fractured thumb. They call up Caleb Hamilton. He makes his debut. So congrats to Caleb Hamilton today. Good for him. But Thad Levine was talking with Corey, I think, this morning on the radio about now the twins maybe opening up thoughts about a catching acquisition. Could you see them making a move for Wilson Contreras or Jacob Stallings in Miami or someone along those lines. I don't see it with Contreras so much, but I think you have to identify like a Jason Castro type, a Kurt Suzuki type, just a guy who's been there. Now Castro's hurt right now and he's been dreadful for the Astros this season. So he's more just this type of catcher veteran guy, not going to need a big time talent. With that said, I mean, if teams aren't out there looking for catchers and a lot of contenders have their catching situations figured out and you can get Wilson Contreras as a rest of the year rental for, let's say, your number 12 prospect overall, absolutely go ahead and do that because there's no reason not to improve. The The issue I have with people saying you only need to buy pitching is mm-hmm. anytime you can improve, you should, especially when a market is weaker in one place than the other because if you convince yourself that the only way you can win in a professional league is by doing this or that to copy other teams you're basically guaranteeing that you won't do that because you have to do it better than them so it's like a quarterback in football it's pitching in baseball make the best team you can with the constraints you have whether it's salary prospects whatever and go to war that's what the braves did last year they weren't the best team and they still came out with the title it's runs scored minus runs against, right? That's yep. that's the name of the game. The end of the day, uh, it's, it's always yep. that. Yep, runs score minus runs against. So the Twins' first half is over. They're 50 and 44. And for a team we didn't know if they were going to compete, this is a good outcome. But for a team we've been watching for the last uh, three months, it feels kind of lukewarm. Brandon, thank you so much. We'll be back in the second half. Thank you, everybody, for a great first half. Twins are back Saturday, and we will be with you for the second half. Can't wait. It's going to be fun down the stretch. This is a... Uh, Not a great division, but it's a close division. Brandon, thank you, sir. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We'll talk soon.